0: Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now sit back and enjoy the show.
1: On a long lonesome highway, East of Omaha, and listen to the engine of moaning out as one old song. Think about the woman
0: the girl you knew the night before.
1: But your balance will soon be wandering. And welcome to it, episode 18 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matt McChesney, as always. Welcome to Six Zero Studios, the Six Zero Strength and Fitness. Six zero Strength and Fitness is truly the bridge to the next level, and I mean this by that. I don't care what your goal is. We can help you achieve it. We build bridges to college football programs. We build bridges to college soccer programs. We build bridges to fighting, and we build bridges to success. So whatever your goal is, whether it's weight loss, personal training, group fitness, strength and conditioning, we've got the Lady Denver Bandits starting up in here in January, starting to- twice a week doing film work and and uh, and and football training and technique, uh, we had multiple people uh, getting recruited all over the country for college football recruits uh, this last weekend, and we've got guys going all over the country for Thanksgiving uh, rivalry games uh, this weekend upcoming. Uh, guys getting offered left or, left and right uh, at six zero strength on Twitter and Instagram. You can go and check all that out. Uh, six zero strength is truly the bridge, and uh, we are very very. Uh, happy and thankful to uh, to help everybody that puts in all the work here at 60. Uh today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Pit Liquor. Now, this is a, a deodorant and it's all natural. It's something I've been taking taking something I've been using for about the last 4 to 6 weeks. Uh there's vodka in it, there's whiskey. You can go on distilledbathandbody.com and check it out. Uh, it's all natural. It's not a bunch of uh, you know, just nasty chemicals you're putting into your body. I, I I love it. My wife and kids keep telling me I smell like a Christmas tree, so I'll go with that. Um, but it, it's been an awesome product for me so far. Check it out. Pit Liquor at distilledbathandbody.com, and uh, it, it's really a, an awesome product, and it's all natural, and it's Pit Liquor is bringing you uh, McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network today. All right, so quickly, uh, I want to talk about a couple of things right off the bat before we get... Uh going with everything, uh, uh, we're going to talk about the Explosive 3. Now, we're going to start doing this at the beginning of every show. Um, the Explosive 3 is brought to you by our friends at Victory Insoles. Uh, go to vktrygear.com. All right? The promo code is 6070. That's a $70 discount for the holidays right now. So you get $70 off Victory Insoles. Uh, and VKTRYgear.com dot com is going to bring you the explosive three to start McChesney Unchained here on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. So uh number one, uh Condoleezza Rice to the Browns. Now look, man, if if you're if you're out there think in, in my way of thinking that, you know, opportunities are are endless for for people and I don't really care about your gender. Uh if you're good at your job, you're good at your job. But this hurts women in, in coaching. This hurts women trying to become you know, head coaches of, of professional uh, programs and franchises because it's not serious. This is a fucking joke. I mean, it, it's a joke, and it makes the Browns look even worse than they already do. I mean, it, it's just this is the kind of shit the Browns do. If Condoleezza Rice is the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, I mean, what what did she do to get that job? She was on the board for college football, so she's qualified to be a head coach of a a professional football team. I'm not being a sexist pig here. If anything, you know, people that are just standing on the table beating, you know, beating the door down for this particular thing, you're a moron. You have no idea what you're talking about, and I don't think it's a good fit for either party. So let's make sure that doesn't fucking happen, huh? That's a joke. I mean, the Browns are already a joke, but the last thing Baker Mayfield needs for his progression uh, is, you know, the same lady that thought it would be a good idea to invade Iraq. Um, So yeah, not her. Okay, so uh, number two, um, just awful news, and we're not going to spend too much time on it, but... I just want to say to Michael Gallup and his family, the fantastic CSU receiver, whose brother unfortunately committed suicide the other day. He's taking a leave from the Dallas Cowboys. Mike, to you and your family, I mean, I, there's nothing that I can say or anyone can say to help you with this pain and anguish you feel. I've lost my brother Nick and my cousin Brandon, who was like my baby brother. Brandon was 16, Nick was 22. Neither one of them to suicide, but I've lost a ton of really close friends to suicide. Um, and there's nothing worse than losing a brother. Uh, I did it in before my third season and my baby brother died. And and football was a, it's something that helped me distract from all the pain. And I still carry it around with me every day. So I don't really know what to say here other than I'm sorry, Mike. And it's just terrible. And the pain and suffering that your family's going through right now it's it's unbelievable but i can only imagine how your brother felt if he would take this kind of action uh unfortunately so if you get a chance maybe say a prayer for the gallops and put something nice out there on social media in support of him or something i don't know just do something to help be in be a a, a shoulder to lean on or an open ear for somebody to talk to uh, if there's a problem because there's a lot of people out there struggling and many people don't want to talk about it myself included so Michael Gallup, I'm so sorry for you and your family, and uh, as a guy who knows what it's like to lose brothers, I, I'm i I'm devastated by the news. All right, so trying to uh, have a, a little bit of a brighter note here. Unfortunately, the third topic isn't that fun either. Uh, coach Mack is out at CU as the head coach after five seasons. Um, we're going to talk about this a little bit more, obviously, later in the show. Adam Munster-Tiger uh it's so nice to come on and join us and he covers the hell out of the Buffs. so keep uh your ear to the to the ground for that one that'll be later in the show but my initial thoughts on this is it was time after the the uh press conference I saw after the Utah game that he he looked dejected he looked like he knew it was about to happen and that was I, I didn't like the fact that he said well a lot of people told me not to come here and blah 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 like that's it was very unprofessional in my opinion, but it, I don't know if anything's been that professional over the six-game losing streak. You know, to start 5-0 and and be nationally ranked and beat Nebraska, beat CSU, beat Arizona State, a team that is really good in my opinion, and then to drop six in a row like this and still have a chance to go to a bowl game, they can be 6-6 and if they beat Cal. The seniors have got to rally. Um, I, I just want to say thank you to Coach Mack and, and his family for everything they did to pull CU out of the depths of despair uh, that was bad uh, when he got here so you know he, he did a lot but it's time for another coach to take us into the stratosphere so we'll see what happens there but we'll talk about that later uh, down the road in mcchesney unchained on the bsn Denver podcast network so that's the explosive three brought to you by our friends at victory insoles vktrygear.com check it out remember the promo code is 6070 and it'll give you a 70 dollar discount for the holidays On, in my opinion, one of the best training tools out there if you're looking to increase uh, dorsiflexion of the toe, force production off the floor, and then just overall explosiveness uh, from your feet out. So check them out, uh, vktrygear.com, promo code 6070 for a $70 discount. Okay, so Monday Night Game is is in the books from last night. Uh, this is the neuroxpf.com NFL wrap. Check out neuroxpf.com for CBD-based recovery. Uh, it's an incredible product that I take on the daily. Kyle Turley, the great Kyle Turley, nine-year NFL vet, uh, came up with this company, and he's the one. Spe- he's the tip of the spear. Um, if you take Advil and ibuprofen and Celebrex and all that shit, check out the MCT extended-release oil. Uh, CBD pills. They can help you from a more natural standpoint. Check out the gummies. They can help you from a more natural standpoint. Check out the MCT extended release oil. I use that every night. Put it under my tongue before I go to bed. Sleep like a baby the majority of the time. Uh, The muscle rub is amazing. I use it on my shoulders and my lower back, my neck every day. My wife uses it as well. So, NeuroXPF.com will bring you the NFL wrap and we're going straight into it. Okay, so um... We'll talk about the Monday night game last. All right, so Thursday night, Green Bay and Seattle throw down. Seattle gets the win. They improved to 5-5. Five five. Green Bay, Coach McCar- uh, uh, McCarthy is probably out up there. You know, he won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, but there's obviously a disconnect. There's something going on there. Green Bay need, needs to find a way to consistently play some defense, although no one plays defense in this league. Um, I think that Green Bay is under – Underutilizing Aaron Rodgers, you know, if you have that guy under center for that many years and how many years to come, and you've only gotten one Super Bowl and one Super Bowl appearance out of it, that's uh, that's an indication that things are not very good above Aaron Rodgers. They got to figure that out. Seattle's five and five, and I think they're a scary dark horse to get in in the NFC uh, as that sixth seed, and nobody wants to play Seattle in the playoffs. They are just young and hungry, and Russell Wilson's a dog, and he can keep you in any game. I love the fact that they're old school and that they have decided to run the shit out of the football to help their young defense and to help their quarterback, who's a great play action passer and a guy who needs the pocket moved in order to be successful. So that was a hell of a game. Seattle got the win. Uh, Tennessee and Indianapolis. Tennessee went from throttling the Patriots to getting throttled by the Colts. Both teams sit at five and five. I think Andrew Luck is definitely the comeback player of the year. He's got over 30 touchdowns, but he could, he's in the running for MVP. Frank Reich has done a great job with that team. Look, man, everybody got on his ass hard when he went for it uh, back in the day uh, or, or back in the early season against Houston on that fourth down, and he essentially gave Houston the game. But since that point, his team saw that they, that he's all in to try and win every week, and they've rallied around him. And now they're 5-5 five and five and sitting pretty and fighting for – a wild card spot, and maybe this, the the this, the AFC South crown. I mean, Houston's good, but ten, or Indianapolis, Tennessee is only two games back. Jacksonville's done after they got their ass kicked by Pittsburgh. So, look, man, Tennessee Mariota went down; it's just a stinger. He'll be back. I, they are Jackal and Hyde. I don't know who they are. Vrabel's got to figure that out. Maybe they're a year away, but they're five and five sitting sitting in a very competitive. Uh, uh, place and Indianapolis is five and five sitting in a very competitive chair. So we'll see what happens there. But that was a pretty good game too. Uh the Colts look like that they've definitely got their shit together and they're back a thirty eight to ten beat down of, of Tennessee. Tennessee cannot beat Andrew Luck. They hate playing him. Uh the Texans and the Redskins. The Texans go to D C and get a huge win twenty three twenty. Um You know, first and foremost, Alex Smith. That was an unbelievably gruesome leg injury on the on the anniversary of Joe Theismann's gruesome leg injury in the same stadium. uh, You know that's terrible. We never want to see anybody get hurt, but he's got a seventy one million dollar guarantee on injury, so that kicked in right when he got hurt. And I'm sure that he'll be back after an extensive rehab. Uh, Colt McCoy is going to be the starter there. They went out and signed uh, Mark Sanchez uh, to be the backup. I don't know why they would sign Mark Sanchez. He's god-fucking-awful, but whatever. Um, Colin Kaepernick would probably be a better fit there, but that guy's not getting a job in the NFL. Uh, I like Houston. I think that they're a really solid defensive football team. J.J. Watson, absolute freak. I don't know how you block that guy. I didn't think they played necessarily that well. I watched the whole game, but they found a way to win, and that's really the key here is just finding a way to get a W every weekend. Uh, Washington on the other side, they're six and four. They're still sitting in, in the one seed in the East, but I would not be shocked if this team hits, you know, hard times right now with their quarterback out. They've lost their first receiver. Their offensive lines in shambles. I mean, the the entire offense is hurt. So. Now with their starting quarterback going down, it's even more paramount for that defense to play well. And just think, if they were healthy, if everybody was healthy on that team, the Redskins would be pretty damn good. So I think it might be over for Washington, with especially with the Cowboys nipping at their heels the way they are. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, they improved to five and five. They drop Atlanta to four and six. Uh, I thought it was a must win for both teams. Atlanta's completely fucked, in my opinion, playing in the in the NFC South. New Orleans and Carolina are above them. Tampa's dog shit. Uh, unfortunately for Ryan Jensen, although they didn't play competitive against the Giants, they didn't play well. Um, Carolina and New Orleans are the class of that division, and New Orleans is maybe the, the one seed in the NFC. So Atlanta needed this game bad. They rocked the All Blacks, which I love, and they lost. Uh, Dallas, you know, after being 3-5 and five and everyone writing them off, they've won two in a row, and now they're sitting at 5-5 five and five, right on the heels of Washington. So we'll see what happens there. I like the Cowboys if they – are who we think they are, if that makes sense. If they run the football and they don't put all this pressure on Dak Prescott, and you know they find a way to kind of to get Amari Cooper open on play action shots, and they they limit the opportunities to fuck up offensively, so they don't put their defense in bad spots. I think the Cowboys are a good team and they can win some games if they try and do this. You know, Dak Prescott's a, a fifty time a uh, game thrower, and he's the he's the franchise and all that shit. They're going to lose. So the defense is playing well. Rob Marinelli's got them flying around. I like Lawrence, the pass rusher. He's a freak. I th- I think that the, the kid from Boise, uh, Vander Esch, is a freak. He's re- replaced Shane Lee uh, or, or Sean Lee pretty good. When Lee's on the field, they're pretty good. When he's off the field, they're not. Uh, Cheeto Ouzier is, is killing it right now. The ex-buff, he's doing a really good job. So the Cowboys are on the up. We'll see what happens there. They have a a really long history of choking everything away, so we'll see. Uh, Sunday night football, uh, the Vikings drop one to the Bears. The Bears improved to 7-3. and three. It looks like they got the NFC North on lock if they can just keep it up. Uh, once again, Khalil Mack is just an absolute freak. The straight arm that he put on the, the tackle dropping him was just crazy, and he does that routinely. One arm is always longer than two. Remember that. Um, Chicago's real. They can play defense. I love their three-technique Hicks I think he's an absolute stud. Uh, Trevathan, 59 in the middle. Bronco fans know him well. I think he's a stud. I like their secondary. They're very opportunistic, and they're ball hawks. It reminds me a lot of the, the Erlacher, Lance Briggs, You know Alex Brown, Peanut Tillman defenses back in the day. The way they were super opportunistic, and they could pressure. Uh, And look, Mitchell Trubisky has figured it out, man. The offensive line's playing well. The receivers are playing well. They get Anthony Miller back. uh, They're a fantastic draft pick from Memphis. And I think Trubisky's could be a a long time coming for Bear fans, a guy that can actually hold the job and do a good job and consistently win games and – and not just be a slappy. They've had a long line of slappies there, especially, and they've had good defenses in the past. I mean, think about this. Rex fucking Grossman went to the Super Bowl with the Bears. Imagine if they had anybody proficient. They would probably would have won. So they lost to Peyton Manning's Colts that year, but it, Rex Grossman? I mean, they should get a ring just for getting Rex to the Super Bowl. So if Rex, if, if Rexy Grossman can get to the Super Bowl with the Bears defense, God knows what this, what this year's team can do. Uh, But I I like the Bears. Minnesota's tricky for me. I don't know who they are. Um, Cousins doesn't like getting hit. Uh, I think that Minnesota fans are starting to realize how inconsistent he is, what we saw in, in D.C., that the numbers are great. But when it comes down to just certain circumstances, he crumbles. And he crumbled Sunday night. And, I mean, we'll see what happens moving forward. But Minnesota's in trouble right now uh, of not making the playoffs. So we'll see. Uh, Bengals and the Ravens. Uh, the Bengals dropped to 5-5. Five and five, The Ravens improved to 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Both teams are still in it. The Broncos have the Bengals coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, Lamar Jackson, 27 carries in the game as a quarterback. I love it. Uh, if that's what you got to do to win, then do it. Um, I don't think that they can sustain that every week, and Lamar Jackson will get killed eventually. But it is something that everybody has to improve on. And, look, if they're going to give him 27 carries and he's going to win football games, Joe Flacco has got to be sitting in the back going, well, fuck, man, I may not have a job here very much longer. So if Flacco's going to be on the open market, as a Bronco fan, do you want the Broncos to, to rap on that door or not? Um, and then Lamar Jackson, 27 carries, do they continue to start him? Do they do they roll with him and say, "Look, the future is now. We're five and five. We want to see if Lamar can take us into the playoffs." And Joe, you're going to sit, or do they go to the veterans? So we'll see what happens there. Um, the Bengals are five and five after they were just five and three. They've gotten shit stomped by the Saints, and then uh, the Ravens beat them up pretty bad the other day. In the last two weeks. Uh, The Chiefs beat the shit out of them before that. So I don't know how Marvin Lewis still has a job. He's got blackmail on Mike Brown or something. Um, But it's just a matter of time before they get a new head coach. I don't know what the hell they've been waiting for up to this point. Uh, But the Bengals are who we we thought they were. They're soft and lame and they lose and they're never consistent and they're the fucking Bengals. What a shitty team to be a fan of. Um, Okay, Pittsburgh and Jacksonville i watched the majority of this game too jacksonville had this game on lock but it was the same thing that happened to him last year against new england in the afc title game um they couldn't sustain it they were they went super conservative they didn't necessarily do the best job of maximizing opportunities for everybody as the game went on they put too much faith in blake bortles to win the ball game for him and he's not going to win shit for you um the defense is really frustrated, and they should be. Jalen Ramsey had two picks. The Jacksonville Jaguars are three and seven. You know that if you would have told me they were going to be three and seven at the end of or at the beginning of this year, I would have told you they were crazy. I didn't think they were going to win the South. I picked Houston to win the South, but at the same time, Jacksonville's too damn good on defense alone to be this shitty. They've got to figure out what they're doing with with their quarterback situation. They extended that guy last year, so. I mean I, I don't understand what in the Sam hell that was about but it is what it is. Um Pittsburgh on the other hand improves to 7-2 and 1. Uh I think that they have an opportunity now to to be pretty good. Uh, last year I think not playing in the wild card round hurt them um uh, because of the simple fact that uh it, the simple fact that I don't think they were as prepared mentally as they should have been and Jacksonville was really hungry. They played the week before and beat up Buffalo. So Pittsburgh kind of slept on Jacksonville last year and this year they took it seriously, but it took them until the fourth quarter to do so and they came back in 120 to 16. I like Pittsburgh. I think that they can when they figure out who they really are, they can be really good. I think Jacksonville gave them that game more so than Pittsburgh taking it, but it, it takes both sides. I mean, it, it one side just doesn't give up. So Pittsburgh's a good team. They're scary in the playoffs, especially if they're an underdog. Last year they were a, a favorite and they got beat. This year they're probably going to be one of the underdog teams. I wouldn't be surprised if they win some games. Um, okay, so moving forward. Um Eagles in New Orleans. New Orleans beat the bricks off of the Eagles. Uh you know I don't know if if Philadelphia is a product of a Super Bowl hangover uh or if they're just simply not as good as we thought they were. Um 41-7 to losing at New Orleans is bad. It's bad on defense. The pass rush wasn't getting home. The secondary's getting chopped up. They lost another player last week uh, to, to injury for the season in the Eagles secondary. This may be a circumstance where Philadelphia doesn't make the playoffs this year. Remember, New England won their first Super Bowl and missed the playoffs the next year and then went back-to-back back in 03 and 04. So I personally think that Philadelphia has a ton of potential and a ton of of talent on that roster and they're going to be really good moving forward but you know quarterbacks hurt at the beginning of the year everybody's happy about winning the Super Bowl maybe a little too happy and the Super Bowl hangover sitting in and no one they can't sneak up on anybody this year anymore they're no longer the underdog eagles they're the Super Bowl champs so you know dealing with success is sometimes just as hard as as trying to rebuild after failure so Uh, hopefully Philadelphia can figure this out. I think the NFL is better when they're better. Um, they're four and six. They're not out of it. They could easily win a couple of games, get straight back into the mix. But as of right now, it looks like Philadelphia could be done. Uh, New Orleans, on the other hand, maybe the best team in football. And look, Drew Brees is on some other shit. I mean, he's got weapons for days. They do a great job of game planning this. So, guys you know are are running wide ass open on both sides of the field it it seems like they're playing with an extra uh an extra player on offense because the guys are open all the damn time and I think that Peyton has done an unbelievable job of of maximizing Drew Brees even though he's an old guy he he looks young he looks spry the run game is there to set up the passing game, and vice versa. The passing game is there to set up the running game. And on defense, they've got the correct combination of youth and exuberance. They went out and got Lattimore, who's a stud. They've got Cam Jordan, who can rush the passer. I think that New Orleans is – relishing the fact that everybody thinks the rams are the number one in the nfc because they already beat the rams they got the tiebreaker so i think new orleans the road to the super bowl is going to go through the superdome and they are going to be tough to beat man they are a really good fucking football team okay so last night monday night football uh the rams and the chiefs 54 51 uh rams yeah it's entertaining no one's debating that um the the i thought that the flags that were being thrown were atrocious i thought they were terrible terrible i mean the, the opening drive of the game it, where they threw a personal foul unnecessary roughness like a targeting all three of the players were standing straight up no one even hit the ground that's targeting and a personal foul it extended the drive and the rams scored look man i'm all for madden scores but this is i i i wasn't impressed by that I'm not impressed by two teams that can't stop a nosebleed. Those teams aren't going to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you can score points all day, but shit, man, you better be able to stop somebody. Even the greatest show on turf had dudes on defense that could get a stop. I, I just I can't buy into a team that's going to give up that many points. Kansas City's yeah, they're in a ton of shootouts, but shootouts go both ways. Very rarely do shootouts just always go with the team that's scoring all these points. Point in case last night, they scored 51 and lost. That's not a a recipe for success. So I I don't think that either one of these teams will play in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that the Rams have some huge holes in the secondary, and they're always chasing. Tlaib's coming back, but, I mean, great. Um, Sue and Darnold are, are great players. Brock, they have great individual talent, but there's a disconnect, and I don't know. I think Wade's a great coach, but, look, I just think that the NFL is really hard to play defense, and they're not very good on defense. Uh, Kansas City is equally as atrocious on defense, and they gave up 54 points last night. They gave up a ton of points on the road to the Patriots and lost. I just I don't see how they're going to be able to keep up with teams in the playoffs when the when the game changes, and you know it does. As the, when teams get into the playoffs, the refs start throw, stop throwing so many flags. Thank God because they got to stop with this because I, I really think that the game is being. The game is being compromised because the refs can't stop throwing flags. And last night there were like nine penalties in the first quarter for Kansas City. And, yeah, some of them are penalties, but seven of the nine just weren't. They don't need to be called. Keep the flag in your pocket. You're ruining the integrity of the game. I hate it. It makes me not want to watch. And I turned it off. I turned it off. I woke up this morning early and watched the last quarter or last two quarters because I I couldn't watch it anymore because of all the flags. So, yeah, last night was sexy, and I had six touchdowns and four touchdowns. It's all great, but I'm sorry, but I, I can't get with it, man. I, neither one of these teams are going to be good enough to play on Sunday, on Super Bowl Sunday. Neither one of them can play defense. Um, the refs helped both teams exponentially last night with these soft-ass calls that they're just not going to get in the playoffs. In the playoffs, if you can't control the time of possession and you can't just go grind out a couple of, you know, a couple of drives to win a football game, you're going to lose. You're going to fucking lose, and I wouldn't be surprised if both these teams lose. And the Rams last year, they were high-flying on offense. They got into the playoffs. They lost 13-10 to 10 at home to the Falcons because the Falcons shortened the game and played defense, kept everything in front of them, didn't take chances. The rest weren't throwing bullshit flags like they were all year helping the Rams last year. And the Rams had to play a football game for four quarters, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't score. So it, it, that same recipe is going to happen. The Kansas City Chiefs have not won a home playoff game since God knows when. Don't sit here and tell me that they're the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Give me a break. Tom Brady's still in the AFC. Ben Roethlisberger's still in the AFC. I've seen Pittsburgh go into Kansas City and win in the last two years. Shit, I've seen Tennessee go into Kansas City and win. Who doesn't go into Kansas City and win in the playoffs? There's my question. Who hasn't? So until that happens, I can't ride with any of these teams. I New Orleans. I like New Orleans because they can actually play defense. I've seen them shut people down point in case 41 to 7, not 41 to 37 this weekend against Philly. So, I I guess you know, wrapping up this weekend before we talk about the Broncos, there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff happening in the NFL. There's a lot of points being scored and all that good shit. That's great. I'm telling you. When when December hits, and the playoff push hits, it's going to change. Things will change. The points will drop. And I don't think that this is going to be the consistent with the NFL moving forward. At least I hope not because that shit was – it was entertaining, yes. But, man, it was hard to watch because there's, there's too many penalties. There's too much influence by the refs. And there's just not enough defense being played for my liking. So we'll see what happens. That was your NeuroXPF.com NFL wrap-up uh, for this week. Remember to go on NeuroXPF.com and check it out. 6015 is the promo code. and give you 15% off any and all products. Uh, thank you very much to Kyle Turley and Stacey Turley for all their support and sponsoring uh, McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Uh, so check it out. NeuroXPF.com brought brought you the NFL wrap-up for this week. Okay, so Broncos and Chargers. Um, first off, the wear band warriors, the warriors of the week, are definitely the offensive linemen. Uh, McGovern, Elijah Wilkinson, Billy Turner, Garrett Bowles, Valdeer, Uh, the five of you balled the fuck out. It was incredible and awesome to watch, all the haters and doubters out there. I said it last week, don't be surprised when when these boys show up and show out, and they did. Um, Yeah, the game was up and down, and there were a lot of penalties called against the Chargers, almost 18 or 19 of them, I think. And, and yeah, Keenan Allen has every right to say what he said. I mean, if I'm the Chargers, I think I handed that game to Denver too, but Denver did. Do a lot to win it as well. Um, so, th- look, the Wearband Warriors are those five guys up front. Go to wearbands.com and check out uh, the product, uh, 6020. You get a 20% discount for the promo code there. Uh, I, put it in all, it, it, I put all my lateral athletes in this room, especially the O&D linemen, in the Wear Bands all the time. They're an incredible product, and I highly, highly, highly advise everybody uh, to check them out and and uh, help yourself it forces dorsiflexion of the toe it forces inside load of your foot it forces you to stay tall and erect through your shoulders and and it's just a great training tool for all lateral athletes so check it out at wearbands.com so the o-line are your wearband warriors of the weekend and boy did they earn that 23 21 win they improved to four and six uh they are one game out of the wild card um I personally think that the Broncos, you know, I, I don't, I want them to find a quarterback unless they already found him in case Keenum. This is a great win for the team, but it doesn't mean shit if they can't beat Pittsburgh at home, and I think they can. Pittsburgh's due for a loss. They pulled one out last week against Jacksonville, so they're due. Uh, I think Denver has a lot to play for now moving forward they improved to 5 and 6 and all of a sudden the Broncos are sitting pretty and they've got a lot to play for moving forward they've lost to Kansas City twice and the Rams once and all those games they held the opponents to under 30 points and then you're watching last night 54-51 going man maybe the Broncos can't play with anybody so maybe uh, you know they had to cut their teeth early in the earlier this year and and kind of go through some growing pains with a new quarterback and try and figure out how to do all this shit and it all kind of came together uh, in L.A. on Sunday. Um, I love the grit and attitude of the team to never give up. I, the fake punt was awesome. Um, it, it, VJ not challenging the the two-point conversion. I like his explanation. I mean, I'm not starting, trying to sit here and just beat the drum for the Broncos. But, yeah, the fucking refs should try and get it right the first time and not put the, the coaches in that position. And I agree with them that they should just call it a two point conversion and then if it's wrong, they'll go and, and you know, rebuttal it. But they're going to challenge every scoring play anyway. So you might as well just call it a touchdown or a two point conversion success and then go up and, and dispute it upstairs instead of instead of forcing the coach to have to make a rash decision, which he made the wrong one. And it didn't come back and bite him now, but vj would be getting butchered right now if if it would have been the other way around in reality it's on the goddamn refs i thought the rest in that game were terrible too the refereeing in general in the nfl has been awful and it, it's not going to get any better i just don't see how it's just going to improve out of the blue um the offensive line again was incredible i thought phil Lindsay was awesome uh it's so it's such a i take so much pride in all the work we put in here with these these animals all the time but It's Tuesday morning, and they're all coming in at 9 o'clock again. They can't wait to get in the room and get better. So, all I can do is keep building the bridge for these guys to walk across. And Billy Turner stepping in and, and balling out at left guard the way he did, bro, hats off. Elijah Wilkinson stepping in at guard and balling out the way he did, hats off. Garrett Bowles, no holding penalties, just honestly had your best game of the year, hats off. Connor McGovern stepping in at center. Look, that's your future center for the Denver Broncos is 60. Uh, Paradis breaks his leg. He's out for the season. I think that Connor, by the end of the year, will have solidified himself as the starting center. I think it's a great position for him. Um he knows all the terminology and everything you need to know from a mental standpoint. And he is a pit bull at the point of attack. He was beating the shit out of people the other day up front. So I think 60 is your, is your future at the center position. Uh, Sam Jones is now your swing player off the bench. And I, I, I look, this is why the Broncos went out and got all this depth up front. This is why they did it. So they would have people to rely on. Now, you know, if you lose Ron Leary and Paradis and, and things like that, you most of the time, your offensive line is going to be in shambles. I think that they had their best game on, on Sunday. So hats off to Coach Coogs, Hats off to Strauss. Uh, they, I thought they were awesome. Hats, uh, hats off to Billy Musgrave and putting together a game plan that that fits his personnel. You know in my opinion, also, there is no such thing as just guards or tackles or centers there's offensive linemen and left tackles. if you're a left tackle, that's your position. The other four you shouldn't be able to play all four positions if you're pretty versatile yeah, there's guard tackles and guard centers, but you know really good players are versatile and can help anywhere. so just keep that in mind as you hear all these you know quote unquote experts out here talking about offensive line play that don't know shit. Uh, so, look, man, we, we strive for adversity in this room so we can get better. And we're going to improve this week trying to get ready for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a good team, but they've got a lot of weaknesses on defense. And I think that the Bronco offensive line, and we're starting on it this morning at 9 a.m., the Bronco offensive line can exploit them up front. I think we can beat the shit out of them and run run down their throat. And I think Phil Lindsay's going to have a huge day. It was great to see Royce Freeman out there hammering the ball. I think that that one-two punch is outstanding. Um, and look, Sutton, the emergence of Cortland Sutton, that was huge. That guy is going to be such a freak for the Broncos moving forward, man. I just, that Bronco team that I saw on Sunday, it was a much-needed win, but I, that was a team that looked like they're still playing hard for each other, they still care, and they're not paying attention to all the negativity outside the walls because it's flipped already. Yeah, it's, they're 4-6, and six and they're still not a, a great team, but they're far from a bad one. They're far from a bad team. And I'm telling you, if you just look at it positively now a little bit and, and you try and look at it from a more optimistic standpoint, they got a chance right now to really put themselves in good position moving into the last four or five weeks of the season. So we'll see what happens. Great fucking win by your Denver Broncos. Uh, Chubb and Vaughn were absolutely destroying people. Vaughn Miller, that was his. That was one of those Vaughn moments, just like in Arizona. You know, on Sunday was a Vaughn moment. Chubb, I'd say Chubb is going to break the the rookie sack record. So everybody that gave me all that shit talking about how he wouldn't even get to eight sacks when I said he'd get 11 – Sit on that and spin. Choke on that one, crow. So, look, bro, Chubb is going to be a fucking freak in this league for years to come, and he's doing nothing but getting better and better and better each week, and it, it's scary for teams to have to line up and try and figure out a way to stop Vaughn and Chubb. It opens up one-on-ones for guys like Gostis and Wolf. You see Gostis got a sack, too, using his length and his burst. Hell of a player. So, I, I think there's a lot of positive things going on moving forward for the Denver Broncos. Um Okay, so moving forward, because we're not going to have a, a, uh, another show this week because of Thanksgiving, so we're we'll just rolling to next week. I think the Broncos can beat the Steelers at home. Uh, people need to show up and show out for the Broncos uh, this Sunday because they're going to need it. You know, Pittsburgh fans are going to show up. Don't sell your tickets to a Pittsburgh fan. Uh, it is what it is, but try not to. Um, I think that this is a massive football game to go beat another playoff team. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there five and six and you've got Cincinnati and you've got the Chargers again and you've got the Browns coming up and you've know you got the Raiders coming up and th- it looks like we might be able to sneak into a 9-7 and seven record if we can get our shit together. So we have to play with the same kind of exuberance and, and uh, intensity that they brought to L.A. and they'll be fine. Just show up with that team every week and you'll be in every game and competitive. But when it comes down to it, we've got we've to be more aggressive throwing the ball down the field on play action based off of our looks. No more checkdowns. Just take big chunks. Uh, Fuck it. Use the the Roethlisberger-Mahomes model where we're just throwing the damn ball down the middle of the field as much as humanly possible. Who cares? And I, I think Pittsburgh has a ton of holes defensively. I think we can exploit it. Um, Case Keenum got right last week, and I think you'll see more of that moving forward. So uh, we'll see if they can beat Pittsburgh. But if they do, man, if, if the Broncos can find a way to beat the Steelers at home, they're going to be one of those teams that nobody wants to play down the road because they're so damn hungry. Um, okay, so that's your NFL, or, or that's your, your Broncos wrap-up there. The band Warriors uh, were the offensive linemen, bros. That was incredible. It was great to see. Uh, the 118th meeting by the Chargers and the Broncos was one hell of a football game. Uh, and the Broncos hadn't won in L.A. in a lot of years, so it was nice to get that victory. Um, okay, so Buffs and Utes. Uh, Utah walks in, beats up on the Buffs 30-7. to 7. And the snow, uh, Utah wins the South. Good for you. Um, it's the it's the you know, first time they've won the South, and you know they're a really good football team, and they're going to give whoever wins the North a run for their money. If that's Washington State, I'm telling you, Utah's not going to fuck around. They're a really good football team. Um, CU's a good football team too, but they have a lack of leadership at the top, and that's why Max out. Um, moving forward, you know, Adam Mustertiger was so so. Uh, uh, you know, gracious to come on and give us some of his time uh, talking buffs and, and coaching searches and whatnot. so we're going to bring Adam on here uh, to talk about CU and what they need to do moving forward and then after that I'll give you my breakdown of CU and what I think they need to do moving forward so here's Adam Munster Tiger uh, on a Six Zero Studios interview bsndenver.com and it's our pleasure to bring on Adam Monster Tiger, who I don't know if there's anybody better out there covering the Buffs these days than Adam. Uh, you can follow Adam Monster Tiger on Twitter at what Adam? At Adam
0: CM seven seven seven. So Adam, yeah. Adam Munster Tiger didn't fit on the uh, the, the Twitter uh, allowable characters there. <laughs> no kidding.
1: Uh, so Adam CM777. It's the best follow for any and all Buff related news. Um, he's the publisher of Buff Stampede since 2003 uh, and he's currently covering Colorado football for CBSI and two seven, or 247 Sports. So make sure you check out Adam's Twitter page. It is full of information. So the Buffs get rid of Coach Mack. Uh, they, they fire him after the 30-7 to seven drubbing by Utah and the 31-7 to seven drubbing by Washington State and six straight losses. Um, first and foremost, thank you to Coach Mack for all he's done. But was it time, and is this the right move, Adam?
0: Yeah, and, and as Rick George, the athletic director, said in his press conference on Sunday, it wasn't an easy decision because – uh, everybody knows what Mike McIntyre inherited when he took over. I mean, this is a program that ranks dead last out of 124 FBS programs in scoring margin the year before he took over. Uh, it, it was it was rock bottom, and he did a great job of coming in and, and building a structure around the program. Uh, that he didn't cut corners. He did it the right way, and you know, recruited some guys that that were three-star guys. You know, coming out of high school but played like four-star guys and they had that magical 2016 season but it just became very apparent the last years that they they weren't able to build on that success in 2016 that he was probably not the guy that was going to be able to get them to that next level and that it was going to have to be a catch lightning in a bottle type season like they had in 16 to to be able to compete in the Pac-12 South um you know, I think they need to bring in somebody that that can r- recruit a higher caliber guy. Uh, now that they have these facilities, uh, certainly there aren't those excuses anymore. Um, the good thing is, whoever takes over as the next head coach is going to inherit a program that's ready to win from day one. We'll have a senior quarterback and a lot of really good young talent. Uh, we'll have Lavisca Le- Chanel for another season. So there's a lot to be uh, you know positive about if you're a Colorado fan going forward uh you know when you look at the last two years they they beat teams that were inferior and they couldn't compete with teams that that were but that have more talent and, and so they're 0 and 9 when trying to gain bowl eligibility rick george thought okay there's one game left let's try to spark this program to, to get that sixth win you know they've only gone to one bowl game the previous 12 years and so there's still something to be played for this saturday uh and i think it was the right call i you know it's it's unfortunate that Mike McIntyre's last press conference, he talked about how he could have left three times, and it really rubbed Colorado fans the wrong way. But
1: It pissed me I think, off, too, brother. I was, I was yeah. hot when I heard that.
0: But I think as time goes on, you know, you got to look at it like what Mike McIntyre was, he was politicking for another job. Uh, it didn't come off well to, to Colorado fans, uh, but, you know, I think... He, in the long run you'll look back at, at what he accomplished and you'll look at him as a good hire you know a guy that in the, the situation the program was in december of 2012 he was the right guy to, to build up that infrastructure uh but yeah he's not i don't think he's the guy for this program going forward in terms of trying to compete for pac-12 south titles year in and year out
1: adam Mustertarger joining us here on mcchesney Unchained on the bsn denver podcast network adam yeah, Coach Mack did a lot of really good things. He brought 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 us back from the depths, in my opinion. I you know, I, I, I'm forever thank forever thankful to him for that. Um I will say this, they did a good job of developing talent to a point, but they couldn't get over that hump except for the one season where they had all the seniors and all, all that leadership and all those NFL players all over the field. one thing that I asked the guys that I work with, you know, twenty twenty kids like Chase Lopez and Reese Atterbury and Carson Lee and uh, Aiden Nakia Kanakea over at Mullen or Aiden Alphabet as we call him because I still can't pronounce his name eight months (laughs) into working with him Uh, I've been asking all of them who what name would you need to hear for you to go oh I want to stay home rather than go to uh, Oklahoma or Ohio State or Michigan or some of these other places so I'll ask you the same question what kind of splash hire is Rick George talking about
0: well, it might not be a splash in terms of a less Miles type. Obviously, he's going to Kansas, but I'll use that as it an is. example. That's a guy you could have hired, and people will be talking about it nationally, and I'm sure it would excite recruits right away. But if you're Rick George, you've got to be concerned less with what ESPN analysts are going to say about your hire and less about what people are going to say immediately after that introductory press conference and more about what you think that coach is going to – do from a, you know, a, a passion standpoint, from a winning standpoint going forward, it, it's less about that initial splash and more about if this coach wins football games and he has passion, which will lend itself to being a good recruiter, you're going to have success and you're going to be able to recruit those type of kids. Um, so th- that's what I think, is don't worry about what everybody's going to say initially. I mean, everybody loved John Embry's initial press conference, right? Because it was a former buff coming home. You've got to find rick george is a smart guy you know he's he's a football guy he, he 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 understands it and so i think he will have a good understanding of what uh is going to be good for this program long term more so than what people are going to say initially
1: all right adam so if you could hire three guys who who are the top three on your list right now
0: one guy i'm intrigued by and the the thing that scares me here is his head coaching experience is pretty limited but ryan day ohio state's offensive coordinator you know he was the guy that was tasked to run ohio state's program when urban myers was suspended for three games earlier earlier this season he's 39 years old but he's has experience coaching both in the nfl and college and has done really well with the quarterbacks he's worked with and the the last Uh, guy
1: that did that stepping in for urban is really kicking ass at cincinnati right now too luke fickle so That might not be a bad hire there, Adam.
0: Yeah, so that's a guy that You know, if I'm Rick George, I'm going to look into Matt Wells is an interesting coach. He's Utah State's head coach. He's 45 and seems like he's kind of peaking as a coach at this point. Uh, Utah State's 10 and one ranked in the top 25. And and he's a really uh, innovative offensive mind. You know, they rank second in the country in in scoring offense this year. So uh, he's served as a recruiting coordinator at three different stops in his coaching career. So uh, he understands that side of it and the importance there. Uh, He's probably going to win the Mountain West coach of the year award this year. So he's a guy that, that I I think Rick George might want to give some consideration. Um, Another guy that, that's not an offensive guy, but Jimmy Lake, Washington's defensive coordinator, is kind of an intriguing guy too. He's, uh, he was a hot candidate last year until Washington made him the highest paid assistant in, in their program history. He's obviously working under Chris Peterson right now and is uh, their defensive coordinator, has done really well. there. young guy, 41 years old. Uh, looks like he's primed to, to step into a head coaching job pretty soon so those are three guys uh, it's so early in the process Colorado hasn't formally interviewed anybody yet so that's something that we're we're going to try to keep uh you know updated as we go now Rick George is going to try to play this close to the vest so it's not going to be easy to get information out but yeah I think those three guys kind of stand out. I think Brian Harson from Boise State too uh although I know that is going to make some Colorado fans cringe just because of the yeah, Dan Hawkins nervous. experiment yeah you know the thing though is Dan Hawkins had a, a secret mastermind behind him, right? With yeah, Chris, Chris Peterson. Peterson. <laughs> but Brian Harsin doesn't doesn't have that, and he, uh, you know, he led Arkansas State to a bowl game before he got to Boise State in his only year there. So uh, he's a guy that played quarterback again, innovative offensive guy. Uh, younger has had coaching experience. If it wasn't for the Boise State connection there, I think CU fans would really love him as a potential candidate.
1: Uh, the the Mountain West coach. It it really makes me nervous. I, I don't want to get another Mountain West coach in here as a head coach, but that's just my personal preference. Uh, okay, so let me throw two more names at you, or three more. Mark Stoops, Dino Babers at Syracuse, and then the last one would be uh, – uh, God, what is – why can't I remember his name? Jim Levitt. So why, why not Stoops? Why not kick the tires on him? I, I doubt he'd come here. Dino Babers at Syracuse, and then – why not jim levitt i mean i've sat in 60 in my office and ha- heard jim levitt say to me multiple times i own a home in boulder i love it here i'd love to be the head coach in boulder why not jim levitt
0: because of his age i think oh, you know i mentioned that weak. Les miles was a guy that uh wasn't going to be a top candidate and he's 65 years old and they're looking for more of a long-term solution um well yeah, how I,
1: how long are we looking are we trying to get a guy for 20 years well
0: Jim Leavitt, it doesn't act like a 61-year-old. I'll Jim Leavitt acts like he's 30. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he, he did some things, too, when he was the head coach that rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, he was kind of divisive on the coaching staff. It was kind of more about him than it was uh, him being part of a, a coaching staff and, and taking on the full team mentality within that coaching staff. So that's why I don't think he's, you know, his age and the fact that uh, he yeah, he was really pretty much divisive he was he's a mad scientist and and a very charismatic guy so he's got a lot of really good qualities about him Um, but I I don't think that's going to be their next head coach Dino Babers I mean if you can get him get him on a plane right now get that contract out I just don't know how realistic that is Um, and Mark Stoops yeah similar thing Um, you know he's making 3.4 million dollars at Kentucky right now it's not going to be easy to, to to pull a coach like that away
1: that's fair. Adam, thank you very much for coming on the show today and, and talking and shop. Uh, you know, you and I are both Buffalo faithful and we want nothing but the best for those guys up there in Boulder. So ho- hopefully something good comes of this and Rick George can make a splash higher. And uh, th- things are definitely looking up. I agree with you 100 percent when you say that they have a lot returning. I think that they have a recipe to go win 10 games next year if they can find the right guy to lead the lead the uh, team into battle.
0: Yeah, without question, it's an uh, intriguing, exciting time for Colorado football, so it'll be fun to chart this over the course of the coming months. It, w- it was great to catch up with you.
1: Amen, brother. Adam Tiger joining us here on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Remember uh, that you can follow Adam uh, on Twitter at Adam cm 777 It's the best cover out there uh, for your Colorado Buffaloes. Adam, thank you very much, brother, and stay up. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Later, bro. And that was my good friend Adam Munster-Tiger talking buffs and the head coaching search that's about to begin. Uh, you heard him sitting in there talking about Dino Babers from Syracuse and Stoops. and uh, I think that we've got to really look at Coach Shiverini. Is he a viable option or is he just an offensive coordinator? A guy like Jeff Tetford at, at Fresno State, could he be a, a you know an ex-Pac-10 coach that was really good at Cal? Could he be a guy that comes in and, and turns CU around? Is he nationally prominent enough? One thing that I've been doing is asking my guys who are in this 2020 and 2021 classes is who would you, what name would you need to hear in order for you to put CU at the top of your list rather than Florida or Michigan or Notre Dame or some of these other schools, Clemson, and all of them, you know, all of them need, they want to hear a big name, they need a splash, you know, and, and. I I like the fact that Rick George wants to do it like that. He wants to to go out and hire a nationally known, prominent coach that's going to put CU back on the board just because of his name. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with it at all as long as he has the full support of the athletic department and as long as there's – Everyone's moving forward together. And the facilities are fantastic. The the venues are unbelievable. I think they're in a very winnable division with USC down. You know, they, I thought the CU blew an incredible opportunity this year to be really successful. So I don't know who the next head coach is going to be. I thought Les Miles going to Kansas. Like, bro, you really want to go to Kansas? If you want to go to Kansas, I don't want you in Boulder because you don't really want to win. You just want some checks. You're not going to go win any games in Lawrence. Get real. So... You know, I I don't want to recycle another Mountain West coach. I I know the guy at Utah State's good. I get it. I don't really – you know, Tedford's at Fresno. I wouldn't really look at him as a Mountain West coach because of all of his time at Cal. But I don't think he's a viable option either. We'll we'll see. But I I don't want to recycle another Mountain West coach right now. And honestly, bro – I I personally think that this is a huge opportunity for a coach to look at this and go shit these guys are good. Like they've got some dudes. Um you know, CU has got an opportunity to find a coach that can come in and maybe win eight, nine, ten games right off the bat. Senior quarterback, veteran offensive lineman, Chanel comes back. You know, your best defensive player, Nate Laman comes back. The majority of your defensive linemen come back. Mustafa Johnson's back. Uh, the majority of your secondary is back. It was the exception of Fisher and Worthington. So, I think that there's a lot of a lot of positive things for the Buffs moving forward if they can find the right coach, so we'll see what happens there. Um, thank you very much to Coach Mack and his family for all you did for this university and pulling us out of the depths of despair. Uh, you know, I really appreciate that, but it is time to find someone else, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I'd like to think that the Buffs can win a game this weekend in Berkeley and beat Cal, go to 6-6 six and six and find a way to get into a bowl game. They need it. Uh, The team needs the extra practices. The coaching staff needs the extra practices. And honestly, you know, they need to play another game. They need to be in a bowl game for recruiting. So we'll see what happens. Uh, It's been a great show. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Gobble, gobble. Uh, Enjoy a week of football and family. Uh, It's an incredible holiday. Uh, Unfortunately for me, Thanksgiving used to be really fun, and now it's, it just doesn't have the same zip and allure it used to, but it's still a great holiday. Um, I'm very thankful for everybody here at Six Zero that works their ass off. Very thankful for all the people I work with and, you know, my family and my friends. Very thankful for my wife, Michelle, and my boys. Uh, and very thankful for BSN and all they do to support McChesney Unchained. So remember, you can go on iTunes and download McChesney Unchained and subscribe and get it every time it's up. Uh, If not, that's cool, too. Check it out on Twitter and Instagram at 60Strength and then at BSNUnchained as well on Twitter. I'm Matt McChesney. That was episode number 18 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. We'll be back after Thanksgiving. Go Buffs. Go Broncos. Get to a bowl game and get that fifth win. Uh, It's been a great show. Very thankful. And happy Thanksgiving, bitches. Gobble, gobble.